Hey, good morning. It's Jeremy with the Christmas Tree and Tree Farming Podcast. It is uh, August the 14th. Uh, I want to give everybody a little update. Been about six weeks. Um, the majority of tree farming, farming tasks around here have been around uh, mowing, bush hogging, um, a little bit of tree shaping. Uh, like we talked about handles. Uh, we did the uh, the oldest couple fields handles uh, now working on the, uh, the the newer fields that we have they're not quite as tall uh, but have seen good things about taking the bottom six or eight inches off so we're gonna we're gonna do that as well got the uh, backside field that we had. Uh, we got uh, two loads of, I guess, composted manure, which was kind of in the middle phases of manure and compost. Uh, got those spread onto a field that the, the soil property was pretty low in it. Uh, got that disked in, and that field is about two years away from hopefully being planted. Uh, I need to still get out there probably in the next what it's labor day time frame and get some grass seed put down on it so it doesn't get infested with weeds and everything but goal is to condition that for a couple years so hopefully it's a little bit better for planting uh not sure exactly what we would plant in it but it'll be it'll be in better shape um the field that we're planting next year like i said we glyphosated it in june we mowed and glyphosated in june it's uh, about halfway regrowing right now so we are going to uh, probably again in the next two weeks we're going to mow it all again and we're going to we're going to glyphosate it again uh, but this time because it'll be our I guess early fall for that field we'll probably put down a pre-emergent as well so we're going to burn it all down Base, for the most part here uh, it takes a couple years to get the Johnson grass. If you if you glyphosate something here uh, and burn it all down pretty good, uh, it never it never fails. Uh, within three months, Johnson grass will come back. The shoots that we didn't get, and then pretty much have to do it two or three more times. Uh, by the third or fourth application, which would be a year and a half usually. Uh, a lot of that Johnson grass will not come back unless you disturb the soil. Well, what we what we observe now is we'll have the field basically ready. Uh, grass and stuff won't, will be gone or it won't be coming up. But when we plant, so when we come back through and plant, uh, that will disturb the ground there and it just stirs up some I want to say Forbes, but I don't think that's the right term. Whatever their root, underground root system is for shatter cane and Johnson grass, uh, in the in the strips that we plant in, we'll, the Johnson grass will come back up. So during that spring uh, application, we will hit it again. Pre-emergent uh, pretty much is ineffective with Johnson grass because um, it's like I say, it's not seeds on the on the surface for the most part it's it soaks in some of the pre-emergence have a little effect on it but really it's just eradicating it um 
the, the the saving grace on the Johnson grass is that you can you can spray uh, clethodim or whatever. Uh, maybe some people use. I think it's called Stinger or something. But we just go and buy actual clethodim, and you can spray that pretty much anytime you want, and it does not have an effect on your trees, especially if you spray it without um, surf surfactant in it, which we do, or just a very little amount, and have not seen that to damage anything so that is that is great i mean we don't have any issues with that we did the first year we were overwhelmed with it and we didn't really prep for it or know exactly what was you know what we could do the uh our fields now um they're they're pretty weed free uh and, and i use the term weed feet weed free lightly because we've eradicated pretty much all of the other weeds uh, in, our, in our fields, in our rows, uh, there's very little other, you know, weeds that are coming up. Uh, but, but we are, uh, overrun with yellow nut sedge and it, our whole fields right now are, are just bright green. Uh, you know, the, I guess it's good and bad. The nut sedge kind of chokes everything out. So everything that we've sprayed and controlled, we've gotten rid of. And the nut sedge comes back and it it basically just takes over the entire field, uh, you know, and it, it just continues to spread on our farm. I'm sure d via mowing and imp implementation that we're, we're, we're passing it from one field to the other. And um, nut sedge grows about a foot, roughly. Uh, I, we got it in some areas. It is higher than a foot. It's 18 inches. So it will cover up seedlings. So it's not, it's not great. We don't, it's, it's not a great thing to have. Um, if your stock that you're planting is really small, it will completely hide it. So you have to stay on top of it as far as mowing. Um, but we're at this point, we're kind of learning to live with it. I've tried several things. We've reached out to some Facebook groups and people have recommended things, but everything that they've recommended is basically what we're already doing. There's uh, one more thing that I'm going to try this year. I, 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 I'm sorry, I, I didn't. I've got it in my notes, but I don't have access to it right now. Uh, it's another pre-emergent that is a little bit more, I guess, strong on yellow nut sedge. Um, or nut sedges in general. So we're gonna give it a shot and see how, if we get any extra control. But I mean, to be fair, all when we spray in fall, it kills it. And then obviously all winter, it's not there. Uh, we spray again in spring, it's not there. Mid spring, it's not there. Early summer, we start to see it, right? We spot spray a little bit here and there where we can early summer. Uh, we spray in early summer for weeds and grass. And then in June, it goes gangbusters. And in June and July and August, basically, it's yellow nut sedge is, is party. And we just have to deal with it. But then, again, at the end of August or right around Labor Day, we spray and kill it all again. So it's, you know, it, the trees are only really affected by it. The seedlings, I should say, anything larger than two feet, it doesn't. It's, it's really not a problem. But uh, other than taking away water in a year like this year, that's probably a good thing because it's been overly uh, wet this year. Uh, so it's not great, uh, but 
I guess it's from my experience, the first couple years, it could definitely be worse uh, with, you know, ragweed and pigweed and mare's tail and creeping ivy and all that other stuff and some of the woodies. Like, you, I would, given the choice, I would definitely take net sedge over all of that stuff because, uh, you know, I just would. And what else do we got? Um, ordered the... Uh, for people that are listening that are thinking about doing Christmas tree farming and stuff, I would just say um, getting the trees in the ground is not, is definitely not phase one, right? That's probably like phase five or something, four or five, right? I, I would say the amount of losses that we incurred uh, with the combination of field prep, varieties, weeds management, all of that, all, all of that stuff, you know, if you get the field right for a couple years, you know, do your amendments, kill the weeds, get it in grass or clover, that's going to help you a ton. We've got all this yellow nutsedge because we didn't get it in grass and, cro- grass and clover. Now, uh, the areas that we have grass and clover... We still see the nutsedge come up in row, in between the trees. Like I said, we're going to work on that. But the rest of the field is is pretty solid. So there's a lot of advantage there. And then and then in those fields, you're not having to spray as much other stuff as often because it was controlled before you planted, right? Um, we we ordered our stock. Another thing for new growers, you know, you're, you're about on a year out basis for ordering your stock. I will say, uh, as expected, the uh, seedling market has picked back up. There are less people uh, buying seedlings, certain varieties, um, more larger customers, larger orders like companies and larger farms are still there. But a lot of the smaller orders and the smaller farms, you're, we're, we are seeing a down, down tick in people that are doing it again. And uh, I would just say you got to stay the course. Um, it's growing trees either for landscape or uh, for Christmas trees or for you know deciduous trees or whatever to sell. It's a it's a process, and it's not something that you're going to do in one year. And the next year you're going to be able to make any profit on that um and you know to be to be brutally honest you know a lot of people quit before um the time to get there is there i mean it is it is for most people that do tree farming even if it's landscape trees you're at five or six years before you really start having a crop of trees that you know that you can sell and someone will give you money for them. I mean, even seedlings are two to three years. Um, and if you grow them from your own seed, or you're, uh, you know, again, you're you're still at, you know, five or six years. You know, no one buys, uh, you know, plugs. Now, I mean, greenhouses grow their own plugs. Um, everyone wants something that's at least a foot tall. You know, an evergreen takes several years to get to a foot tall. Uh, you know, three o, three years. Oh, is right at a foot depending on the variety and some of those aren't even a foot they're six to eight inches so um and if you buy and if you buy and you're putting them in christmas trees you know in your fields you 
you know, all the prep work and the variety's got to be there. You've got to buy what will grow for your property. And in some, in some instances, like us, it's kind of a hybrid where you plant. Some stuff doesn't make it in that because you're kind of marginal for certain types. You know, you know, honestly, we're marginal here for certain varieties of fur. We give them a shot. If they don't make it, we replant with a different variety. If it doesn't make it, we replant with the third variety. And after that, we we basically say that that's it's an unplantable area, right? So we we're kind of learning our property as we go, and I think. Most people, it, it takes probably getting through an entire rotation of seven to eight years to really truly figure out what areas they have, what what it need, what you need to do to be successful, the timing of it all. Um, timing is very important. Planting timing. My, my planting timing here in Kentucky is vastly different from someone's planting time in Upper Michigan, right? Um, and that affects when you get your seedlings. We're we're learning that now. I mean, we're it's uh, something you have to you have to figure out. But but where you're at, where you're located in your climate, you know, has a great deal to do with the success of of planting your seedlings or your transplants uh, compared to other places. You know, a lot of people plant. Uh, late April, mid-April, late April, even in, you know, some places even in the first week of May. If we plan here past the 15th of April, we are in trouble, usually. Uh, we, that is late, late spring for Central Kentucky, and you've missed out on the first six weeks of spring weather that you need. Here, honestly, if you can get the seedlings, and this is why we, we've kind of getting to the point of growing some of our own, uh, if you can get the seedlings in the middle to late February, that is a great time to plant here. As soon as the ground thaws, if it's frozen, sometimes it's not frozen here in February at all. Uh, so we plant we we plan to plant the first week to two weeks of March, right? That is that is our time period, uh, and so what we're seeing is the later that we plant into April the less successful our trees are. Again, it's based on it's based on rain and all the other factors, um, but plant, planting late April uh, is not good for us and definitely we cannot plant in May. We might as well just uh, pot them up at that point, put them in a greenhouse, put them underwater, and wait till fall to plant them because you will lose most of them. Now, update on the farm uh, crop that we planted this past year, last, uh, I know last message there we were talking about we we again received some seedlings and that didn't live it felt like they were lifted too soon uh, I would say we were 50 50 on those we we, we lost um, the majority of the canane fur that we were given uh, I would I'd say majority but 50 50 on those uh, again, those look trans those look shocked after we planted them within like a month. So odds are they were just lifted too soon, or they sat in a freezer or refrigerator for way too long. I'm really not sure. Um, but again, it's it's not really news for us. Uh, we're learning what what distributors and what transplants that are best for us, and uh, it is. 
you know, it's a task getting that, figuring that out. Every everybody's varieties are going to be different. Um, I watch a lot of uh, YouTube videos and listen to some other stuff, and everyone is is very different, right? Uh, you've got you've got people uh, in you know Michigan and Oregon and places like that that grow Grand Furs and Nordmans and uh, Nobles. And then you've got in Indiana and Michigan, you've got a lot of canane and balsam. And, you know, here in central Kentucky, it's a little bit of canane in the very best of areas on my farm. Um, and then we've got the Nordman, which seems to last and, and be uh, relatively rugged. Uh, it's a slower grower. Um, and then we've got some spruce varieties that we that you like we say mainly as landscape uh, but the Meyer which which will make a, a beautiful Christmas tree just takes a lot longer to grow as an example of that <laughs> made abundantly clear to us this year we've got trees that have been in the ground for three years now uh, we've got Myers and cananes that have been in the, uh, in a similar field and the Myers are maybe 12 inches tall and the cananes are almost three feet right so what i'm told is that the meyer starting this year third full year in the ground uh the meyers will now start to grow at the rate that the cananes do so they'll only be two or three years behind so we'll see uh, i have visited a farm that has meyers grows meyer uh and we, you know that they seem to grow well here. The, the Meyer grow; they're pretty hardy. Um, they just grow really slow, and so we we can't plant a lot of them because it just takes so much space. So if anything else grows, we have to give it a shot first. Like I was talking about my rotation, we've got to try the Canane because it grows the fastest. We've got to try it. Then we got to try the Nordman because it's you know uh, it's hardier and, and it's still a, a beautiful tree. And then if we can't, you know, we throw a Meyer in there. Um, we're going to have majority of our farm is not going to be block plant. It's going to be uh, probably open up one third of the farm at a time and just pick pick and choose what you want. And then we'll just replant based on sales. Um, honestly, uh, visiting the uh, uh, Christmas tree farm a couple years ago that was interplanting where a tree gets to about five feet, four to five feet, and they plant a seedling next to it, is probably the route that we're gonna go. Anywhere we have Meyer, we're probably, maybe even Nordman, we're probably in that, we're probably will interplant it so that you can cut down on the grow time. Cause honestly here, you know, grow time doesn't mean anything as long as you get your rotation established, you know, like, well, it takes nine or nine years to grow it. Okay. But after, but if you've planted it every year for nine years, then it doesn't really matter if you have the farm cut up in the right pieces. So you're opening up areas so that you always have availability for the amount of customers that you have. Um, again, that's why there's no easy, there's no easy results. It's going to take six seven eight nine ten years to get get through you know and if you're blessed to be in an area that can grow 
the cananes and balsams pretty easily, then you know you're you're at that seven year mark where we're we're definitely in the nine or ten year mark here. Um, uh, last thing, kind of a long one today. The last thing we did get approved for the NRCS uh, drain improvement and field improvement contract as a uh, a veteran farmer we we got we got approved there this year uh it's not it's not super significant but it's kind of like a, a a share program they paid i picked the first field it needs drainage because it has kind of a culvert there um that makes it difficult to get through so we're going to put uh we're going to cut couple six inch drains through there maybe a piece of a culvert pipe and we're going to drain that back to a, a creek that's on the edge of our property um, to get that first it's between two fields so it's really field one and field two uh, this first part just getting the main drain put in so that the water that kind of funnels down into that culvert area has an easy exit because what happens right now is the water funnels down and then it kind of flattens out and and makes almost a half an acre of field unusable but not only does that make that bottom field unusable the water table in the fields around it is also has to be higher right so our thoughts are um uh, uh as we have clay we hold water anyway right i have moderately well drained soil here as far as soil maps go but that doesn't help you if you have if you still have clay and you have a lot of flat ground or or even worse where it's sloped coming in and then uphill coming out so it, the water's kind of trapped um, so we're going to put a drain in there uh, i was approved for about three thousand dollars it's probably going to cost four or five thousand dollars right so it's got, like again it's a share program and then the second part of that i was approved for about fifteen hundred bucks um, where we have a large uh, watershed area coming down a hill that goes into our pond. Uh, the money there is just about grading the slopes between that and making that cleaner for so you can drive all the way uh, through it and make the land that's near it more usable. Uh, ultimately, that's just going to be me in a skid steer rental for a couple of days just doing that and uh it'll basically cover the skid steer rental and maybe a couple of loads of maybe one or two loads of topsoil just to kind of make it cleaner but that's it uh, i hope everybody had a is having a great summer uh we will touch base again here in four to six weeks thank you